All right, folks. I wanted to open up our our banter section. That is, like, now that we're done talking about reality shows off <laughs> offline, um, with this lovely quote about ambergris. It's just a shout out to our ambergris conversation that says, "The chemist Gunther Olaf once described ambergris as humid, earthy, fecal, fecal marine, mm. algoid, tobacco-like, sandalwood-like." Sweet, animal, musky, and radiant. You know? That sounds me terrible. That sounds great. Fecal. Um, Others comment that it can smell a bit like the wood in an old church or Brazil nuts. Oh, which Brazil nuts are the butt cheeks and nuts. Who's eating Brazil nuts? Gross. Apparently you're supposed to take what you're supposed to eat like one Brazil nut every day, right? For like maximum vitamins i don't i don't i don't like brazil nuts they're too (laughs) soft they're they're not i don't know they're like a they're just weird they're too smooth they're too soft who who do you think i am i'm not ratatouille i can't do (laughs) you can't crack tobacco (laughs) i don't believe you you're always wearing hats you're not a pile of zucchini (laughs) <laughs> also, I refuse to believe that anything could be musky and radiant at the same time. Oh, see, yes, I don't that's know. Me. It's describing me. I like me. musky smells. I've always been very, I've always been attracted to musky smells. Not like bo, but like I don't know. There's something. Yeah, the uh, the the. I just got new body wash. That's like a sandalwood, musky, earthy, yeah. humid, marine, but is it also radiant? Algoid. And radiant. It is also yeah, it's radiant. Yeah, it's fresh. It's, so. it's bright. I want to smell like ambergris all the time. Just the only over. thing that I take that, issue with in this entire description fecal. is humid. That sounds a little swampy. Not fecal. Like a shower. Hmm. Yeah, but... Well, I think it's important to distinguish between humid fecal and dry fecal. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that sure is a New York. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't concerned. Yeah, the fecal. It's the humid, though. I guess I live in a very humid place, and to me, with humidity comes stink. Yeah, you got to get that stink. If it's too dry, then it's just like you know, it's not offensive. You you have to be just this side of offensive for it to be properly ambergris. Yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah, no, I'm I'm still here for it. Well, Jenny's back. How was how was Greece? <laughs> Did you Greece miss us? Lovely. <laughs> what was time. the favorite thing that you saw or did? If you or had to pick ate. one favorite. <laughs> or smelled. Eating isn't an activity though. <laughs> we went on a food tour, that was an activity. Oh, well, um, there you go. Both of you. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> uh mostly I just enjoyed running around taking pictures of columns. Cool. Plenty of those. Yes. Yeah. Did you go to Mycenae? Yes. Yay. Did you sit on the toilet? I didn't know there was a toilet. There's like a whole toilet area. Oh. Ancient. Ancient toilet. Thousand year old toilet. All right. We didn't get that. Speaking of fecal matter, you missed out. (laughs) I was going to ask how I sat on a rock at the top. Um. All right. Well, that's cool. That's also cool. And then we did Olympia, and then Delphi, and then Meteora. Right. And oh who yeah, did you hiked at Meteora. They have funny toilets. Oh yeah, Sorry, the hole in with? the ground. <laughs> yeah, that hole was in fun. the ground toilets. <laughs> yeah. Woo. 
Oh yeah, uh, I did had that in Italy when we went. That was fun. The yeah. one in Italy was particularly scary because it was a hole in the ground in the middle of a huge room, and you yeah. were in the middle of the huge room. You're in the middle of the yeah. Room. <laughs> Whereas like the ones in the monasteries are like actual stalls and like actual toilets are just holes in the ground which is terrible yeah. but you know it's a lot of pressure though because you know it's not like a huge distance between your butthole and the ground or like your pee in the ground but like the aim like you never <laughs> there's not a mirror for you to really see the angles that you're working with so it's like you got to get it inside the hole it's just a lot of pressure it's a lot of pressure you don't want to put anything in your pants you have to pull your pants down way yeah. farther than you think you do need oh to. it's definitely like skirt dress territory for sure well see i had extra problems because i had a skirt and pants on because i don't wear skirts so i put hard a skirt mode over top of my pants uh-huh. <laughs> too, so then too I much balancing two, two layers of things it was bad yeah yeah that's a lot uh, god think yeah about that's fits? almost impossible i would have thought about fits the whole time like, this is what fits does this is the fits uh, this is how it is at his little cabin in the woods, right? Right here. Welcome to Bucky Radio. We're coming to you from inside the walls. This is episode 107, Assassin's Fate, chapters 25 through 28, and I am Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a rereader. I'm Eli, and I've read this before. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. And I'm Joey, a first-time audiobook listener. Okay, first up, corrections, omissions, announcements. Uh, announcement, we're probably going to have to skip another week because we got more summer travel in the works. So I will update our schedule for that. Um, also, announcement, did you know that Reese Darby has a podcast about cryptids? What is it called? I did not. It's not shocking to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great i've been listening to it and it hasn't been updated in like probably like a year um but it is called the cryptid factor the cryptid factor Um, okay and it's just you know reese darby and friends just talking about cryptid news and it's very nice if it's it's chaotic like we are which i really appreciated so you know what i need that i need a podcast to be you know keep me keep me engaged with yeah it has a loose structure and then they kind of just riff uh i have an announcement oh go ahead we're at 91.9 thousand downloads at this time our last the last time we recorded we were at 90.3 and now we are at 91.9 okay so if we keep if if you guys keep listening, we may get that ten thousand that we need to get us to a hundred thousand listens, and that is my goal. And I will stretch the podcast yeah. for as long as I need <laughs> until we hit the goal. The choice <laughs> is yours. We're going to be doing half a chapter in each episode. We can just do <laughs> discussions post series discussions to no see it can't be at i see i don't think it can be add on after i think if we're gonna do those (laughs) things they have to be like integrated into actual episodes 
So maybe we do two chapters a week, you know? <laughs> yeah, or or I do three three. Either you listen. I or still I think start... I think we could do two chapters and still crush a two hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> Right. Also, we have to make it go forever just because I'll be too sad when we're not doing it anymore. Listeners, we riffed about Vanderpump Rules for half an hour before hitting record, so we we've got we've got yeah. the legs, I would say. You have the legs. Yeah, you've been spared. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> whatever. That was some genius content. I'm sad we weren't recording. Uh-huh. Everyone needs to know what I think about Schwartz. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to move us on to mail. Uh, first up is uh, mail from Gareth. I can't read all of this, Gareth, but uh, it does say, uh, I wrote to you once upon a time expressing my love for you and extending a green card offer in case of the orange man. Yes, we remember <laughs> you, Gareth. We're grateful. Yes, I appreciate um, that offer. But it turns out that shit never got better for anyone and that the UK might not be the place you want to go if you want to escape awful governance. Yeah, shit, I'll take you know. it. <laughs> do I get do I get to have autonomy over my own organs? Because it's still a yeah. step up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. At this point, we're we all going to need green too. cards, so we're not sure what the law is there. Um, the live skill stream was a delight. I am one of the two hundred who viewed after it was live. So thank you all so much for doing that for us, and a special shout out to Elena for coming too. Yay. Uh, as always, you guys make the best summaries of these books. You're all very insightful. Books that were emotionally traumatic to read, you recraft into a cathartic and amusing recap, and I have needed this. Thank you. Guess what we do in this episode? Um, uh, Except for uh, last episode, on. I definitely just made myself cry. So. <laughs> you know. I did get to that part, too. Yeah. Uh, with the wit skill debate, I think they're very closely related too. Like overlaps, they're not exclusive magics, and Fitz has described dragon magic as feeling like they're using both. I would like to mention that dragon glamour could also be a strong mix of both, not just the skill, as was discussed when Lant and Pear met Tintaglia. Remember that Webb was able to reverse repel Thick onto a boat when traversing the Out Islands, and I personally think that's very similar. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. I think. I think we're all on board that that dragons use both. Uh, And then Gareth goes on to say, um, I think that B has the wit, as Ashley said, she can have conversations with cats and specific, um, specific deals about cats and the wit. I thought it was that cats will talk to anyone, not that they can talk to anyone. Not everyone is witted, only those who can hear the conversation between wit partners. I think that is maybe a nuanced take on that comment uh, that that Fitz makes about cats. Um, I think he says that cats will talk to anybody doesn't mean everybody will listen will listen yeah Mm. some of this I'm going to table Gareth for our sort of after uh, you know reaction to some things that have yet to close Um, so yeah thanks thanks for writing in Uh, I'll I'll just leave this at the end it says I don't want this podcast to finish please just add new new readers to the cast of BKR and do it all over again nice not a bad idea that's a lot of pressure for the re-re-readers because then they if they don't have (laughs) I feel like there is people calling people out for not remembering certain things and it's just a lot of pressure for them to have to remember more stuff um but let us not forget uh, Jenny, you'll like this one. Books. It says, 
P.S. I'm a firm Fitz beloved shipper. Let's all pretend the story finished when the fool came to live with Tom Badgerlock in that cabin for a few exactly. days. Exactly. <laughs> That's we never should have left. They had a never ending supply of apricot brandy. Joey found some today. Yep, I found a I found a oh, somewhat man. ending supply, but the liquor store. Get all the good stuff. We've been looking because we've been, you know. The only the problems. only fruit brandy I could find was apple pear, and I mean it's fine, it's whatever. Is this one uh, particularly pungent, strong? Yeah, it's uh, fecal. Um, it... Fecal. <laughs> <laughs> it's radiant and fecal. The this the stuff you brought to the uh, to Plymouth was like uh, it was a little bit like paint thinner. It's but the it same was... brand. It's like it's the, the, the most stuff. delicious markers you'll ever drink. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was that brandy or was that mead? We have brandy. It was brandy. We also have mead, but we mix the two. I don't remember. Usually. I don't remember it's, it. It tastes like an apricot marker would smell. You refuse to drink it, Ashley. That's all I remember. Oh, well, there you go. That's why I don't remember <laughs> tasting it. <laughs> You're like, absolutely not. <laughs> Fuck that shit. All right, I have to keep going through the mail. <laughs> so, <laughs> Kath emailed us about uh, queer baiting and wrote. So, thank you for that. Uh, also, this will be tabled for a, 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 an episode near in our future. Uh, but we're definitely gonna. I'll definitely read all this because many, many good points. But I just wanted to do a shout out to Kath, who says um, Regal's Morning Jams is perfect weightlifting music and helps me with my deadlifts. So you're welcome. Mm. I like that. I just went to an all women's powerlifting competition this weekend in Rock Hill. It was pretty awesome. So way to go person doing deadlifts. Yeah. I also, could you actually email me about your deadlifting, uh, Kath? Because I've been told by a doctor I need to start doing that. So Wait, where in Rock Hill? Was it at Winthrop? Um, It was directly next to Winthrop. I drove like kind of past slash through the campus. There's only three roads in Rock Hill. (laughs) It was off of like Cherry Road. Mm-hmm. Like where? What facility? It wasn't at. It wasn't on campus. It was. It was at a private gym. It ah. was just like next to campus. I did go down to downtown Rock Hill and have dinner and some drinks with a friend, though. So better been sake. You probably drove by our house. Our old probably. House. Probably we drove down Oakland. I went to an arcade bar and played pinball for the first time since pre-COVID times, and it felt so. They have good. an arcade bar now. Yeah, it's Fuck. called Player One Up. Oh, man. We, we it has a shit ton of games too bar. it was really good it was a good arcade bar all we had is alcohol yes <laughs> well they prioritized um, okay our, our our we have more mail this one is from meg who is a new listener it says i'm writing from melbourne melbourne no, from melbourne and love Mel- the podcast Mel- I've been listening since December, and I have almost caught up. I'm having just finished episode 102. Uh, that's right before we start doing the terrible accents. So yes. when you hear this, yes. <laughs> sorry, wait. Meg. Oh my that's God. all I can think. I'm like, oh, Meg hasn't gotten to it yet. That, that is yeah, a lot of. That's a lot of us to listen to in a few months. Yeah, since she started in December, that's way to crush it. Yeah, yeah. I've been considering writing in for a while, but finally decided I had to offer the mushroom talk. I thought it was very fitting when Joey described them as short-lived, quickly-going flaccid, as mushrooms are actually the sex organ of the larger fungi that may or 
that may be many years older. So you can think of mushrooms as very long-lived and edible erections. Sorry, Alyssa. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa just died. Why would you take that from Alyssa? <laughs> She's, she just died. You... I'm glad my camera like... isn't on, I guess. Um, I will change the subject by <laughs> saying that uh, I got to hold a morel mushroom yesterday and i don't know what to do with them i was gifted a beautiful gift it was like holding gold i don't know if did you did you just what? immediately eat it um no because well, i'm afraid to eat it i don't it, i have three small morel mushrooms now and i want to frame them because they're so beautiful and they're worth you, so ooh, much money ooh, could you put them in epoxy could you oh good idea cast hmm. like yeah put them are in those the, the kind that like, kind of look like coral yeah yeah, yeah. they yeah. they have like the brainy yeah top and then you could do like a little paperweight that has a morel in the middle <gasps> that i would feel like i ran jurassic park <laughs> yeah. like make a little staff yeah, make and it like amber. A, amber yeah but it's a morel mushroom yeah i feel and... like you should totally do that thank you thanks for supporting me and helping me change the subject <laughs> and you can have a sweet little no we'll just leave it at that <laughs> i never read anybody's full emails anymore because we always have too much to say uh meg also goes on to say that uh i also had the theory that fitz inadvertently helped save b from the skill current as when he woke verity dragon and told him of b i suspect verity then went into the skill stream to save her and this is why her group came out so soon after fitz left and why Night Eyes was thinking about Verity when they got out. So that's an mm. interesting theory. Um, I'm going to skip this next paragraph and table that because I feel it is a little bit spoilery for things that I am maybe lying to the group about. I <laughs> uh, can't wait to see what you guys do next. The podcast is great. And if you draw up a business plan for Roadland, we would definitely get some investors. Meg, are you going to Venmo us some money? Yeah. How um, wealthy are you, Meg? Mm -hmm. What's your <laughs> net worth? Wealthy. Do you own Universal Studios? The park? Does your dad or mom own Universal Studios? Roteland, Australia. Uh, and also, Meg gave us some tips for when we all go to Australia and tour. So thank you Yay. for that. Oh. Finally, I would like to offer my congratulations to our listener, Nicole, for welcoming some chicken hatchlings very recently <laughs> and sending us a very cute video of chickens, little pecking out of their out of their eggs. Really cute. And that's it. Now we've gotten through it. It's been 20 minutes. So we can start now. <laughs> oh, can we? Yes. Well, right. Uh, my mouse died earlier, so I have to use my trackpad to navigate down this document. And it's gonna it's not going to go well, you guys. It's just not. And I'm here to tell you that right now. So I will. Okay. I'll scroll. Everybody's just doing the best that they can. Okay. Um, I'm kind of running out of room in some places. Okay. Chapter 25 bribes the chapter opens with a lesson on how to be opportun how to be an opportunistic thief if you're about to go through a turquoise jewelry phase p.s fuck the four <laughs> so b wakes up in her cell to a nudge from a foot and there's just a lot of feet lately and i just really don't appreciate it but it is what it is and uh i'm not here for it but uh it's gruel time but b can't help but notice that room service forgot her complimentary water water I'm sorry, water was not on the menu, just gruel. And B says, well, could you get me some? 
and the server's eyebrows (laughs) go so high that they fly off of her face and out the window like little eyebrow mylar balloons and then they float by the sun and it looks like the sun is surprised by such an outlandish request as well (laughs) how dare she ask for water uh, the four shuffle their way into cell block six and unlock B, and it's a field trip. Capra has whined and hissed her way to first rights with B, and off they go. First stop is the bathhouse, because damn, Gina, you stink. Which, side note, this has always been my favorite back pocket <laughs> on-the-fly insult for someone. <laughs> if you just tell them that they stink, because if you do stink, you can't smell it. You can't smell yourself if you're stinky. So you kind of just have to believe what people are telling you. You just kind of have to be like, oh, shit, do I actually stink? So um, real good dig on Copper's part. She's a pro. Uh, in this one brief instance, I do not think Copper is playing at psychological warfare, but genuinely feels that uh, the inside of her nostrils are burning from B's stank ass. So B freshens <laughs> up her body does some serious uh, damage to the tub water and puts on her new cult garb. Uh, (laughs) And I have a quote. The sandals were a mystery, but she finally gets them strapped to her feet. (laughs) Apparently, she's a very bright girl, but not when it comes to putting on sandals. I like that they immediately give her blisters because same. Every new pair of sandals I've ever purchased gave me blisters. Yeah, I'm not really like a sandal person in general, but... Um, as she exits the bathhouse, bathhouse carrying the stink that she just tried hard to remove, Copper tells her to just toss the garments, but she can't. Not the candle that her mother made. And Copper says to leave it. B says flatly, no, with all the stupidity and ballsiness in the world. Copper asks how many candles she has, and B shows off some fancy math by stating that it was one candle that broke in half to make two. What a bragger. <laughs> Copper was very impressed by the fancy math and permits her to keep the candles. But you have to carry that shit yourself. Copper now decides to take B on a campus tour where she can see the fancy private room dorms and the scroll library and the other scroll library, the room where people write the scrolls and that other scroll library. Copper tells her that if she has dreams of a destroyer, she too might get to live a fulfilling life of reciting your dreams over and over. And B is smart and pretends that she doesn't know what Copper is talking about. I have nightmares of how shitty Dwalia destroyed my home. That's all. They stop by the heart of the campus where all the dreams are studied and cataloged. But really, can't we just go to a kegger already? Because this campus tour is lame. Capra brags about how they knew of the blood plague before any of the other schools. And about the volcano and the earthquakes and the tsunami. And they just knew it all first and brag, brag, bag. But they did nothing. So that's great. Uh, And Copper boasts that her dreams aren't kept in the library. And that last night she dreamt of plucking up a little white flower that had flames and blades for roots. And I'm like, that'd be a pretty cute tattoo. Ooh. (laughs) All this time, B has been tripping over her sandals and finally decides to take them off. And I guess she really missed the memo that this is a classy establishment, but whatever. Care more shit if you want to. Finally, B gets to see the alfresco cafeteria and some other children noshing on the finest snacky bits from a four-star Michelin star chef. This could all be yours if you learn to dream and write, Copper entices. But the next room was the most impressive. A jungle room with birds and cats and butterflies, all made of dumb, pointless, elderling magic. It's impressive the first time one sees it, I suppose. But pretty trickery of this sort wasn't worth dealing with their self-importance and their dragons. So Copper cops up to murder again. 
Uh, there is a table. There's a table with a fancy cloth, and the two sit down to dine. And B busts out her best and finest manners to prove that she belongs. As they dine on what B decides is not four star luncheon, Copper asks for the deets using my favorite kindergarten cop game: Who is your daddy, and what does he do? <laughs> 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 he's like Tom Madulak and he's an asset I mean a caretaker at Withy Woods <laughs> and guess what he's willing to ransom me if you want to get some moolah but Copper doesn't need your cash ho she quizzes me instead so your dad's not fit chivalry and your other dad isn't beloved oh no he's beloved for sure no that's his name our game of who's on first is interrupted by a wolf on third pay attention <laughs> wolf father is back and he smells a rat but also, make sure you eat that nasty food because you're starving and beggars can't be choosers, he tells her. Copper informs B that Vindelier has spun quite a different story of who B is and that she is full of magic and trickery. And she denies it, saying that he's a really just like a freak and a half himself, so we probably shouldn't be listening to him. Um, she says she's not a magician, she's not a boy, she's just a girl who wants to go home. And then, dear reader, B forgets. B forgets that anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of bones in hell. And so she word bombs far too many details about her kidnapping and Duke Alec and Dwalia selling Alaria into slavery and the whole thing. She just gives it up for free. Oops. And suddenly Copra is having a table set up and a bribe sub uh, scribe summoned. Campus tour is over. Buffet is closed. It's time to get to work. She will delay her entire or she will detail her entire journey to the scribe. Every last bit of it. And B's like, and then I get to go home, right? Copper's like, no, I mean, maybe, maybe. But how about you eat this cake instead? Oh, do you love cake? Everybody loves cake. And then um, she's like, oh, what's your favorite color? We could decorate your room so you kind of enjoy it and forget you're being held hostage forever. Does that sound nice? And B's like, yeah, blue. It's great. So the scribe <laughs> arrives. And like any out-of-touch <laughs> out higher-up C-suite executive, Copper calls him by the wrong name. And he sits poised at the ready, but B has no idea how to recite an oral history. So Copper gives her some good starting off points and away they go. And sometimes she tells the truth and sometimes omissions are made. But like, man, no big deal. She can get away with a little fib here and there. And eventually all four of the jerk faces come to the room and they don't seem pleased that Copper has been getting B's life story without them. So they squabble about who gets to read the notes first. And Copper says she has the right to have the scribe take everything down because she spilled the tea on Dwalia. And she's getting all these really great details. So, you know, it all worked out anyways. Um... And the grown-ups actually do show that they are indeed smarter than a child by noting that some of the story B has left out. Um, they point out to her that there was the killing of the dog when they went to market the day before she was kidnapped and then the stabbing of Beloved. And Rutro B realizes that she's kind of fucked because she's left out chunks of the stories and guess what? They know about it. So they corroborated things with the little shithead Vindelier and how are you saying Simph's name? Simphy, Simpha, Simph, Simphy, Simphy. Simph. Simph. Simp. Simp isn't having it because um, she's a bitch. And then Coltree notices Bee's candle and Simp isn't too pleased about that either because the destroyer has candles and the four continue to squabble. And Capra says it's their fault that things are clearly going to shit because if they hadn't lied and freed Beloved, none of this would have been set into motion. So she's all in a huff and Copper and Coltree end up giving up their keys for the dungeon cell or for the prison cell or whatever we're calling it. And they run off, leaving Simp and the other guy to tend to the locking, which I just don't even understand why they're just throwing everything up in the air and storming off at this point. Because I feel like they could still try to save things, but they're not even bothering at this point. So anywho, um, they take B back to her cell and she gets to walk past 
Prilkop, and she finally gets to get a good look at him, and he smiles at her. But she also notices that his cell is slightly nicer than hers, and that's just a little rude. Um, and then... <laughs> he has, they, like, a rug. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe a couple throw pillows. You never know. And, uh, yeah, then they lock her back up, and that's it. All right, so have we... Does everyone just picture the people from Selling Sunset when they're thinking of the four now, or is that just me? One hundred percent. It's pretty only locked think in. Of them, like teetering around. I mean, and, like Simp you know. is definitely Christine. Like definitely. <laughs> Capra wearing escrow. Yeah. <laughs> Ring the bell. Ring the bell. Um. I'd love to be an escrow, not gonna lie. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so obviously, we're now getting kind of a glimpse of what will happen to B if B stays here. If B does not manage to escape or Fitz can't rescue her, she's going to become part of the cog in this weird prophecy factory. And they don't do anything good with the with this foreknowledge that they seem to have. So that's cool. Yeah. They're not and helping then, people. So she's like, here, let me just spill my guts to you since you guys do such good work. It's the opposite of the plot to Twister, really. It's like, you know, <laughs> wow. some people are out here just trying to create a forewarning system. <laughs> and they have it, you know, they have it. And they're just not mm -hmm. sharing we had made it like a solid eight to ten episodes without mentioning Twister, and I'm really proud of us for that. <laughs> Wolffather is back. We could talk about that. Wolffather is back. Yeah, Wolffather is back. Hey, which means hey. her 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 walls are down though, so that's a little mm -hmm. like. Okay, well that's bad. Because, but I like because Vindelier isn't like directly in her face, so she feels like she can like rest easy a little bit. But I don't know why yeah, she she's would being assume interviewed. that there aren't why I don't know why she wouldn't assume that there aren't other people around that could be a threat to her, but Well, it seems like Vindelier is some is is something that only Dwalia figured out how to use because everyone else thinks that he's useless. And yeah, that but my seems point to is... indicate that they don't have a bunch of you know force users you know <laughs> like yeah but she also doesn't know much about magic in general so i feel like she should kind of err on the side of caution and be like what other crazy kinds of magic could these people have you know well yeah besides fortune telling which seems to be their concentration uh i like that we see how they are split down the middle, the four. So it seems like um, it's... Capra and, and uh, Coltry. No, Capra and Coltry. Capra and Coltry. Yeah. And, and then Felody and, and Simp. 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 Simpa. So. She'd be simping. And and they're like, hey, this is weird. We have a whole bunch of prophecies about just all this stuff, but let's just ignore it. <laughs> Candles, okay, check. White little white children with knives, check. <laughs> destroyer, check. Destroyer that you have made. A destroyer I made, oh. check, check. I think it's interesting that you you think that Coltry is on. 
Caffrey's side. I think well, that's about chases... tant- tantamount to saying that Caffrey doesn't need an ally. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, yeah, I think Coltry seems like maybe the weakest member of the bunch, right? Yeah. He, may, he doesn't seem like he has conviction. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of... He's he's very reactionary, but also he's the one that's the least white, right? He paints himself, so he maybe he has the biggest inferiority complex out of the four. I feel like just getting constantly described as his face flaking off would be more of a complex. <laughs> you, know? you do you, buddy. He really needs an alcohol-based airbrushing that makeup. He just hasn't quite, you know, or like a good primer. You know, never underestimate the yeah. your your skin's needs. You know, if you have dry skin, I have dry skin. I know how that what that's like. You gotta have a good moisturizing primer under there. <laughs> so he's Alito. He's Justice Alito. How dare you say that? Do you like him? No. Well, then he's Which just, Alito are you talking Justice Alito is the bastard responsible for the most recent Supreme Court justice. Oh, I thought you said Lido. No, uh, we're not talking about Dune. Oh, not everything oh, is about oh, Dune, surprisingly. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe everything is about Dune. Maybe, yeah, I was going to say. Might... You God, want me to think about reality right now? It's really harsh, Joe. Great. It's really hard for me. Well. Yes. Speaking of the need for liquids. Do you need a break? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, I'm just going to sit here and let's talk about Vindelier, who's clearly being interviewed while B is being interviewed. Simultaneous interviews about the same. Yeah, same pro, I know, just. Same night. I don't know why B wasn't making some better assumptions about her situation in this chapter. Like, oh, she's a kid. She's tired. I know, tired. but still. Ten. Like, did she think, like, out of sight, out of mind? Like, those two motherfuckers were still going to try to screw her? Especially after when Dwalia was carted away after her lashings, and she's like, you're she next? She forgot that Vindelier was there. She forgot. We, we knew he was there. We saw him, and we saw her see him, but she forgot he was there the whole time. That's just wild. Is it wild or is Vindelier's magic really just that good? I mean, this is like thick levels of of influence on people. But the last time we saw him, he didn't really have any power left. So I don't really think that he is that good. He was tapped out. Yeah. I think that much like Fitz was abused and taught to use his magic in almost an incorrect way given his talents that maybe maybe Vindelier has a natural talent and that has been corrupted through the use of this drug this skill drug and not having a teacher to teach him how to do things but you know like when Verity would would compel people it would they, they he would only compel them once and it just continued on forever like it never mm-hmm. wore off so maybe when Vindelier was like, don't see me, that became like a permanent. Don't see me. Yeah. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Are you back? I never left. Oh. 
You well, didn't give her permission to leave, and so she did Yeah, didn't. I sat I here. I said go. Oh. I said go, and we're going to talk about Vindelier. Oh. You don't have to ask you didn't... me for permission. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. I thought we were, we were still all right. Well, I'll be right back. Sorry. She needs a hall pass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hall pass granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else we need to cover from this chapter, Ashley? Um, uh, no, I think we're good. Okay. We're good? I'm sure. All right, we'll let Joey start when uh, Alyssa gets back. But I not before. I got putting brain today, so. Uh, I'm just glad Wolffather's back giving her guidance, telling her when to eat and when to fucking murder somebody for an escape route, you know? When to eat. <sighs> I'm waiting. I'm still waiting for Wolffather to, like, make an offensive decision because he's really been yes. like a watch and wait kind of thing right like lately which i i totally get <laughs> yeah bite someone do something could be you i need a level up we need an actual wolf <laughs> yeah that'd be helpful <laughs> chapter 26 is called a remembrance uh, no chapter 26 is called silver secrets i can read um, <laughs> and uh, the beginning starts with a remembrance of Night Eyes from a torn page of Tom Badgerlock's personal diary to sum up uh, live in the present and always remember Fitz is an idiot <laughs> <laughs> true um, Spark is giving Fitz a much needed haircut as he skulks to himself about how much he hates Amber and Mrs. Shade uh, once deckside, uh, Althea points out to Fitz the islands of Claris in the distance and explains they that they will be there in a day or half or so. Uh, it occurs to Fitz that because B is alive and more than likely being held prisoner, that the mission suddenly became more complicated and probably not nearly as exciting as what I had personally hoped for, which would have been a... a Redux of uh, Fitz's failed assassination attempt on Regal in book two. So, sadly, chaotic window dives, uh, uh, possibly, but maybe, you know, maybe he will or will not kick the shit out of someone. (laughs) You remember. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) It is decided that Althea and Brashen, uh, uh, by Althea and Brashen, that they will port in Claris under the guise of trading and fits unsuccessfully yes <laughs> do not do, do you're gonna have to cut all this now because you just interrupted me it, it says guys <laughs> that's how you... yeah uh-huh i'm not i'm, I'm making that's a it... genius idea on their part because they're a trading ship Never mind. Why Keep did you going. say geez? Did I put too much? Did I give you too much jam? No, I said ge- I said genius. Oh, I thought you were making fun of the way I spelled guys, and I was like, <laughs> I thought you said ge- I thought you said guise, like like <laughs> highlighting the word, like you're in a PowerPoint. You have the laser pointer. Guy. They're hanging out with the guys of trading. <laughs> <laughs> those trading guys the traders guys are just guys <laughs> i am i am just drinking straight um yeah i think you are all I, right keep going before it gets harder it's not gonna get harder um uh fitz unsuccessfully tries to yet again compel the uh those loyal to him to abandon him 
Um, and it wouldn't be really a Fitz chapter if he didn't do this at least once. Fitz discusses wearing a disguise, and the audience shakes their heads quietly because they know how well he he looks in disguises. Um, how will you get B away from them? asks Brashen. Um, and he's shocked at Fitz's improvisational tactics. Fitz is like, it's like jazz, y'all. You don't understand. And Brashen and Althea advertise their scrappiness by fabricating their end of the plan in really just a matter of seconds. Uh, but, you know, Fitz has jazz, y'all. Um, but, and, uh, you know, I personally love this about Fitz, but let's move on. Fitz unsuccessfully tries to convince the fool not to disembark, and the fool reveals uh, his concocted plan for them. Uh, Sparkle to marry Lance uh, with his serving man purr. Um, Amber is uh, is a like an older woman, like a somebody's mother, I think. Um, and that they they're they're gonna have to fetch a ling straw to be a witness or something. Blah blah blah. There's too much detail here. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I I am certain that none of this is going to happen because something is going to go awry, so I don't care. But there's a library. They're going to end up at a library, um, and then they're going to be pilgrims among the low tide, and they're going to make their way across that low tide span thing to the next level uh, where the next where the bosses are. Um, and Amber will search the lower cells first, and then goes somewhere else once finding B. So they'll take she'll take B away from all the the chaos. Um which brings me to um the next piece which is that Fitz will be bringing lots of bombs and poison. So maybe we will get some of this book 2 insanity. I'm hoping. I really want that. Um so Spark was uh, was at the ready with the disguises uh you know that they were discussing um, including uh, the butterfly cloak. Um, I'm sure all y'all will totally cover the details in the fashions of Jamalia session. So I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail now. So you get to do that. Uh, there's shirts and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fitz almost blew up the entire ship by storing the fire bricks <laughs> next to the bombs and permanently damaged. And this is important permanently damaged another one of his fucking shirts so yes this is when everybody takes a shot and i'm taking a shot now mm. yum this is apricot brandy um the purpose of this little plot device was to reveal to amber and the others that fitz had acquired that silver those little those little broom handled vials of silver back in kelsingra from rapscallion um and definitely did not trust amber uh, to share that information with her, and there's a whole thing. Um, I trust the fool. I don't trust Amber. Um, no one, including Fitz, can really understand uh, that extremely uh, true statement, but yeah, we get it. Um, Purr reveals that Motley's silvered beak has the power to keep her feathers black without the use of ink. Glad. Glad glad we know that now. I don't know if this is going to become important later. I don't know if this is going to be quote-unquote foreshadowing. Ha ha ha. Fitz uh, showcases his assassin's tools, and, you know, we get our little, uh, like, dun-dun-da-da-dun-dun-da-da-dun-dun, like the preview <laughs> credits. Like, it's true. I, I, I have this whole thing in my mind of what the intro to this show would look like in, like, a Game of Thrones style, and it's all about, like, laying out the poisons on, like, a desk and stuff. So. Yeah, it's Batman who tight. kills. It's tight. 
Yes. He's got poisons. He's got powders. He's got lock picks. And finally, he's got the fool's quick death pellet at the ready, which we'll just call the quick exit. Um, good name for a drink. It is a good, t- terrifying name for a drink. Um, yeah. Fitz has one of his obligatory moments of being overwhelmed, and he goes deck side. So he's about to have a panic attack. So he's like, I, I gotta go. And he goes to the deck. He goes onto the deck, and he has a skill conversation with Paragon where he reveals that Amber's Amber dreams of choosing death, dream, choosing death, which will result in the best future for B. And Paragon convinces Fitz that he should probably go ahead and just die, and that will fix everything. <laughs> and I think Paragon <laughs> might be a little oh. biased. Shortly after, Paragon sort of held court on the deck and dispensed his knowledge of Claris to the whole crew. And to me, like, when I thought of this, I was, like, being a visual person, I was like, oh, this is, like, Paragon's, like, kind of at the head of the ship, and he's, like, looking back. And then I thought about it, and I was like, this, the head of the ship is literally on the other side of the bow. Like, how does this, I don't know, we can talk about that later. It just didn't make sense to me. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't get it. Um, Fitz wishes to take a, di- a, a dinghy out to scout ahead, which, you know, if we all have seen um, Our Flag Means Death, they take lots of dinghies, so just... <laughs> imagine a dinghy from that show they're always taking so he he wants to go and do some he wants to reconnoiter and i don't get to use reconnoiter in a sentence a lot so i just used i used it here i like that word it's interesting and it's something fitz would do and he wants to do it while guess what disguised at an inn and the fool is like i don't don't really you know like it was fine back in buckkeep you really shouldn't be doing this here um they're too smart they stick and think ahead they know the future don't do it and then the fool tediously goes over details about guard shifts and placements and like in all good stealth missions and like all the most modern video games that i'm playing this is very important information so we thank the fool and we know exactly how far those guards can see um in dark um, so that's important. It's the uh, um, the triangle on the radar, right? <laughs> the triangle, the radar triangle. <laughs> yes, this is Fitz's radar triangle. Um, so uh, Fitz comes to the most obvious realization that the fool is also just terrified, actually, of stepping foot back on Claris, the pa- the place of his torture. So imagine the fool is just kind of constantly experiencing PTSD, um, which is probably why this, the fool spends uh, this chapter. Um, that's probably why the fool spends most of the time on the ship as amber i should say um and then the rest of this chapter is sort of the fool kind of explaining what happened on claris and all these terrible grisly details that we probably don't want to know but here we go he and procrop sent messengers ahead to buckkeep but they never returned the servant the servants learned of the messengers clearly and imprisoned procrop and the fool um, and then fed them, you know, blood, blood, water, and bone bread, ostensibly probably from the white, the whites messenger, the white messengers that they sent ahead that the ca- the servants captured. And then the horrific piece de resistance was the eyeball and tooth soup, uh, which the fool had been eating, and then realized there was a blue eyeball in it, which is pr- pretty nasty. I didn't I like, like that. I like my soup boneless. <laughs> it's like goat head soup. Can I have the um, boneless fries? Thanks. <laughs> can I get the bread without the bones? Um, Fitz vows to leave only a bloody smear where the four once stood um, upon hearing this horrible information. And the fool gives a final warning about the strength of the four's powers. They will know you exactly where you attack before you do, Fitz. So 
please be advised to i guess think ahead i don't know on on um one path the destroyer uh we learned one one path the destroyer lives and the unexpected sun perishes and at the end of the day they agree really that the only person that matters is b if they both have to die for that person to live their child that's that's the most important thing duh um spark rejoins them to uh enjoy mint and elderberry tea from buckkeep and ingredients from patient's garden at buckkeep castle and um over that tea they reminisce about the good old days and simpler times when they were merely boys at buckkeep evading death by their own mentors and others with malicious intent against them and i'm just thinking has really anything changed much though i mean that's things were pretty serious back then anyway so like not the stakes are kind of the same right child's involved so do we think that the details of the the bone soup is a result of one of robin hobbs brunches with george martin (laughs) (laughs) trenchers of gravy and bones the bone soup that and also joey that was not a haircut what yes, it that was. was grieving they were that was yeah, the, were... the the ritual that they do where they cut off their hair oh right that the yeah. yeah i thought it was just like a haircut because he needed a haircut <laughs> you know so his wig would fit better it was like See, man you like fitz your hair gets is like grown. every time fitz gets to like a more attractive length of hair like he gets hot guy <laughs> long dies. hair he got it somebody dies and he's gonna <laughs> cut it off sorry it's just a sneezy also... kind of day and I just like—I also like that they were like, "You can't cut more hair off than Lant," and Fitz is like, "Why not? I want to." <laughs> it's like you can't. You're not his son. You're not Shade's son. Well, but I mean, is it like? Why is it? Was. I mean, they could have known each other for a year. Fitz no no knew him for his entire life, so he's not. I mean, just because. Well, no, I I kind of agreed with Fitz, but I think yeah. he, he didn't want to offend Lant. You know, he was. Well, Lant needs to. Ooh, ooh live in reality with the rest of us okay <laughs> yeah lance fitz wore white to lance wedding lance <laughs> it looked good uh, so i also very, think that's a little bit of trash but you know whatever very serious question um what are the rules to our realm of the elderlings drinking game oh oh Uh, something about dirty shirts Uh, obviously every time fitz ruins a piece of clothing that's got to be on there that's (laughs) canon now um yeah for sure we we gotta but it's always shirts though for some reason it's like he get there's some saggy pants at some point but like it's mostly his shirts that are fucked and boots he ruins a few pairs of boots. boots all right um every time somebody calls fitz stupid bonus if it's night eyes yeah. <laughs> bonus if it's fits himself <laughs> having a self-aware moment two shots skill addiction that's gotta be hit it that's yeah skills like skill headaches or misuse of the skill or you're just dead oh well if yeah, ch- yeah. you gotta chug the whole drink if, if he dies because <laughs> it happens, happens a lot. Yeah, happens enough. Maybe this should be bingo, and it would be we wouldn't die from drinking. How about a shot every time Prill Cop's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I 
hate him. Um, definitely a shot every time Fitz skates away from having feelings about the fool. Mm. Very good. Mm -hmm. Skates. <laughs> I just don't like it when you're talking to people who aren't me for a reason that I will not self-examine. <laughs> That's a shot. Did we say that we just need to do a shot when they do a shot? Because these people bust out brandy all the damn time. That is true. There's lots of drinking. Oh, but that would be like, man, is Birch still alive? Or... <laughs> be hard to keep up with him. Yeah, truth. Truth. That man can drink. Alright, listeners, you have to tell us some good ideas for the rote drinking game. When do we play? When there's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a movie. There's or gonna be a, or movie. a theme park. Or a, See, a the, t shirt. The shirt thing is so that when they do make the TV show, they can have the shirtless quotient because he keeps ruining the shirts and then he's gotta take them off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then all of the fans, all of the no, in the no fans will just chuckle to themselves as we do our live watches. There goes another shirt, folks. And we'll write it on Twitter or whatever we're using as Twitter at the time. <laughs> How do you get to a theme park? So first you need you need a show that's very successful because let's bear Oh, mind. I know. So yeah. to get to the theme park, you park your car in this really big parking lot, but then you actually have to wait until the tide goes out and then you have to walk across <laughs> the I was asking how you logistically he was, yeah, he was, make he a was theme saying, park. I wasn't you grow to the point of getting a theme park versus. I'm I'm trying to do business. I'm trying to do business here, and you're sitting here already like. Well, you drive be... a car. How do I make this theme park less accessible? <laughs> There's a tie. You gotta take a boat. It's There's really like exclusive. There's only three ways in. You have to pull up on a boat, you have to parachute from a dragon, or you have to walk across this 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 bridge. If there's real dragons, I don't need a theme park. Why would you dragons, say that? Shirley. We're gonna make like a She's weird saying that, like, I, shape I'm, like a fucking I'm dragon. I'm parachuting Disney, from okay? a dragon we into a theme park. We buy a whole park. town somewhere in in some yeah, but place, a dragon then... isn't gonna be able to give you like a ride it's gonna dump you in the water a anyway, delicious so. treat or you know a souvenir map no it'll insult you the whole way <laughs> just saying like it takes a lot to be a theme park i mean we just recently got a mario theme park and it's still just in japan okay well same we're getting the studio ghibli one too i don't I think it's chunks <gasps> of that we of are well, no, I'm saying the world is. America is not. Japan has it. Because oh. Japan has everything Yeah, good. Japan has it. But and I know it's hard to get tickets for it. Which country is is is, uh, is, is Robin Hobb most popular in? Is it still the U.S.? Because like it feels like our listeners are kind of It's not France, Rachel. Hold on, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's not France. It it's Sweden it's like or Europe. Australia. It's, not, just, it's just... somewhere in Western Europe. Hold your horses. I'm in our, in, I'm in our account right now anyways. Oh, she's Everyone doing it. She's getting Say metrics. the country that you think. She's getting metrics. I don't know if our fans are the same. As I don't think our fans, because yeah. we're speaking in English. Our number one country is the United States, then it's the UK, then Australia. Yeah, see, they're yeah, all but what about Robin Hobb? Also, what that take, we don't Robin have her Hobb. metrics. 
we don't we do you want to talk to the publisher because yeah, like, like we don't got access we'll we'll figure out how we make roteland real in another episode i didn't mean to derail us i'm just saying like there are there is a listen there are steps the white prophets know those steps we just need to like learn what those steps are and we can we can make roteland a possibility in this life what we just need a if... catalyst who's our catalyst the, the four are really trying the whole time it's not about you know getting rid of dragons right they're just trying to make roteland happen they're just trying that's, to steer the world that's a good Roland you know that's happening. a good that's a good noble that's cause. what i'm doing am i part oh, of the four you now? guys i was not looking at a solid span of time hold please <laughs> this is i'm some, gonna hold this is important let me get some better well it won't let me change i don't i want to change the days oh here we go here we go i want all time Every time they say that uh, the pebble that knocks oh, the wheel on. into a better course, that's a good... Oh, that's, definitely that's take a shot. Def definitely. That's the wheel we weaves as the wheel wills of Roteland. The yeah. most important step into becoming a theme park is establishing a drinking game first. Yeah, that is <laughs> the most important. Especially if it's like an Epcot park where you're just drinking the whole time anyway. Having just been to Epcot, I would have rather been at Roteland. I just pretended I was in Roteland the whole time. It was not Roteland. And I thought, wow, this would be better with dragons. You know, this... Uh, I just need to like... bitch about Podbean for a second. Because it's like, do you want all-time data? And I'm like, yeah, I do want all-time data. And then you go down and it's like... Last month? All-time data isn't available for this because we only store 24 months of data. And I'm like, well, then why the fuck would you give me the option to click all-time if you're going to tell me that you don't offer all-time? I'm sorry. They used to. They Yo, used 24 to, months, that's it? Like, I'm sorry, but, like, that, like, is it really taking up right? that much server space for them? Come on. No, it's not. Come on, Podbean. So no. it didn't change anything, though, but it's U.S., U.K., Australia, Canada, Canada, Germany, Netherlands, and then it kind of goes down from there. So, so it's purely global. We have we had so many countries. I think this must just be people's VPNs. Like I don't actually believe that there's somebody in Bangladesh listening to us. Hell yes, so we got a Bangladeshi. They're hanging out with tigers and they're listening to our podcast. It's awesome. We've got. So the, the the title of this chapter was Silver Secrets, right? So right. what does that mean? We I think we, we need to do secret. we do need to talk silver about the secret. fact that we still have two full vials of silver. Obviously yes. Paragon's probably interested in those. They got we power also ups. They're gonna be useful. That later. they could be power ups. Power ups, yeah. That Fitz has already thought about drinking them. Like he may be going full roid. I don't know. He may be drinking full them and then roid. <laughs> Just Godzillaing all through, through Clara's. I don't know what his plan is. It'll Let's be Godzilla also, when he does the the radioactive blue. Yes. I just like also that when he, that when that shit gets knocked over and it's like burning everything. He was like, "Well, if I if you hadn't been with me, I know this would not have happened." I know it was so bitchy. <laughs> It's how I feel when I like put something down and then Joey moves it. It's how I feel. It's like, look, I am chaotic and not and not neat in any, like, but I know where my piles are. All those piles need to be contained. Uh, you don't. I don't care where you think 
those that you needed that sock from the th- I just needed those things to be inside something. My my sister had a box of chicken broth sitting in the corner of her kitchen floor. And one day I oh. went over and I'd seen it. I'd seen it there for like a few days. And Alexis is really particular. Like you're not allowed to touch anything in her home. And so for a few days, I like, I left it there, left it there. And then finally one day, I like, I picked it up and put it in the cupboard. And I shit you not, like 0.2 seconds later, this woman who hasn't slept for 10 days and has two screaming babies is like, where'd you put the, where'd you put the broth? That's <laughs> like, I, I put it in the pantry. Jesus. She goes, nope, it's supposed to be on the floor right there. There's a spot on the floor that's weak and I need to fill it, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay. The next day, my mom does the same thing. And then I see my mom and she's like, did you touch the broth? Because I touched the broth the other day. And Alexis got very upset because the broth is actually supposed to live on the kitchen floor. <laughs> I can get her a rock. I, was like, I don't like, could we put like a piece of blue tape? And she's like, no, because you'll just put your foot on top of the blue tape. It has to be an object that you won't step on. I was like, okay. A cactus. Then chicken broth on the floor it is. <laughs> it's fine. She that's, doesn't have to explain every. That's in, where the broth goes. Decision. Okay, and no, you're not allowed to ever use it. It's the floor block. <laughs> it's got eyeballs in it. We don't need to eat that. Mm, eyeball soup. Whose eyeball was that actually? Uh, the people that were that were helping them. Yeah. It was like it was like it felt specific. I was like, yeah. okay, was it? No, because they were disappearing. So all those people that were helping him, that were yeah. that him and Pearl Cop, it was like, well, we found them and now we're feeding them to you. No, so. I got that. I just I just felt like there was something specific. There was something especially bad about a blue eyeball. Like you give me their bones, you give me their blood, but like then it's like he's like he's he's finally eating, and then the eyeball just rolls up and looks at him. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I will say like. I know Robin Hobb was dark in other books and we've seen torture and things, but like this one gets gory. Like this one gets yeah, like fucked. Yeah. Yeah. She's somebody. Clarice needs is to, bad. She, she needs a I get it. But like, I'm bad. worried about her. I worry about humans that write this stuff. We, I've had, well, yeah. Bad summer. I, I feel like she's working through some shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But does this let you work through things or does it just imprint on your brain? Like to me, it's imprinted on my brain and it's like disturbing. I don't know. Here, have some trauma. Maybe for us, but she's picking it from inside her brain and making it live outside her brain. Whereas we are letting it, you know, the way out is in, right? So like, why was it in there? Where did, how did it get in there from the get-go? What did she see on her farm that led to this? Yeah, right. (laughs) What did she see? She had goat head sludge. Does she have pigs? Yeah. Oh no, I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, so we obviously know that B is trying not to be the you know, she's trying not to advertise the her destroyer tattoo that she has on her forehead. Um and so far it's working. She has not. Wait, didn't Jenny draw something where it said the destroyer on it? Yes, that's what I was talking about it. Well, guys, this is the first time that, like, I actually know what that means. <laughs> it was just stuff before. He's the destroyer, Joey. We've had those prophecies already. All these prophecies well, were, like, the little white to... flower has knives. And, like, Knives you know. are all right. Comes the destroyer, you have right. <laughs> The trapper is That's the, the takeaway. Knives are all right. <laughs> Trapper is the trapped, or the trapper 
The trap is the trapper, and the trapper is trapped. Right, that's it. That's pretty good. Thanks, Ashley. That's a good I have it. Let's I have it let's... written on a sheet of paper right next to me, <laughs> at all times. So she could say she's know, a trapper I really keeper. I wrote it down because I needed to puzzle some things out, like Goodwill Hunting. Realm of Frank. the Elderling tattoo ideas. The list. Um, let's um, let's move on to chapter twenty-seven. Yeah, because it's already ten thirty. This is a real. This is a real scared. chapter that matters. I'm scared. It's the one chapter that matters. Mine is short. My chapter's short. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, short chapter team. Go chapter twenty-seven. Feather to blade or metal as fuck. We open the chapter with an apology that the live ship Kendry has become ungovernable. Quote: A threat not only to his captain and his own crew, but to other vessels we encounter. He has deliberately taken on water. He has given every crab he sees a small knife that says, "No gods, no masters." Maybe try Ophelia instead. <laughs> I love live ships. <sighs> Prilkop asks B if she dreams. Quote, everyone dreams, B replies. Glad we settled that. Prokop reveals some of his dreams to be such as, quote, I dreamed a white wolf once with silver teeth. And then he warns her that she will become something different tonight. Perhaps a tree or a cool fucking knife. <laughs> That's good, because Simfa is here, wearing her finest burlap and jangling her key collection, offering B a sweet treat. I imagine Robin was typing this chapter like, what do children like? Mountain Dew? Turkish Delight? <laughs> oh. This isn't Turkish Delight at all, B said, fumbling with the strawberry printed wrapper and pretending to eat it. Where are we going? We're going to the ice cream store. Sim winks at Prokop and then asks him, why aren't you dead yet? Which would be a great thing to put on a sign outside a court justice's house to be honest. <laughs> Brought it back around. <laughs> We're full circle here. Prokop starts rambling again and Simph takes B down to what is word for word taken from the Wikipedia description of medieval London. Weird. B keeps trying to be clever, follow Wolffather's advice and break away, but apparently Simph has a wretched grip yet no strength at all. They wander mm -hmm. deeper into the city of London and look Dwally and Vindelier are here. They're all chained up though, so they'll be playing the part of the audience, which takes a load off of me for this chapter. Sim takes a moment to brag about her keys, but I really don't have a leg to stand on to make fun of her because I just wrapped up a bunch of my favorite sticks and nice rocks for moving. <laughs> I have a lot of sticks and rocks. This is why there's going to be no room in the U-Haul. I know. Sticks. This is what I'm worried about. <laughs> My sticks. <laughs> Sim makes B hold the lamp as she goes to retrieve a cylinder. And when she first went to get it, I thought that Clarice had invented the phonograph and was relieved to read that it wasn't music time. It's silver time. And they're going to hook Vindy up to it with an IV from the dirty floor and just hope for the best. Uh, B spills the lamp oil on Simph and then lights her on fire. Let the traditional <laughs> Robin Hobb slapstick comedy begin. <laughs> Jesus. A truly 
impossible amount of oil gets spilled on Simph and also everywhere. B decides it isn't enough, so she just starts stabbing. And the silver vial <laughs> smashes, and Bindi is trying to eat it from the floor, and it's filthy, and Dwalia keeps fucking talking. And <laughs> B's future sight opens, and she's aware of the exact path that she has to follow, and that ha path happens to be filled with death metal, blood, and more stabbing. And we need a shirt in the shop, Jenny, that's like the symmetrical metal font for B, because the path that B sees is cutting Simph's throat right as she's about to scream, which is a big wolf mood, if you ask me. <laughs> Quote. <laughs> yeah, What did she do you. when you were nine? <laughs> this. <laughs> I wish I was this metal when I was nine. Quote. I drew breath and felt the magic roar into my blood. These are lyrics. I felt it join my other magic, the rightful magic of my farseer blood. The magics twined and danced in me, red and black and silver. I knew the futures and I knew the past. I knew where he comes from and where does he go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you replace the music for the episode the in the intro with sure. Joey's? <laughs> I'll find some metal. Thank you. <laughs> oh no, Cotton Eye Joe! Please don't. Metal no, don't stab me, Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, it just continues. Vindelier suggests unchaining them. Dead. B collects the keys. Dwelia shouts for the guards, but there are none. B starts healing all of her own cuts as she considers leaving Dwelia alive in order to escape. You are the destroyer, and we brought you here, Dwelia says. Hell yeah, B replies. You created me. You began to make me when you tormented, beloved. Dwelia is pretty unchuffed to hear that, but it doesn't bother her for long. B tells her to die, and she does. <laughs> then B sets about covering her tracks. She gets fresh clothes. She washes up. She is the stabby, mutey child from Logan. <laughs> she turns all the keys in their locks, retraces her steps, and goes right back to her cell. You killed, Prilkop says. I'm sorry. I'm not, says B, sheathing her stabby little wolverine claws. <laughs> right, so um, guess who's her father's daughter? <laughs> I learned it from watching you, Dad. I set people on fire. I set the blondes on fire. That's what I do. I learned it from watching you. He taught her how to stab. He taught you taught me how to stab. You taught me how to set these people on yep. fire. Wolf father taught me how to cut their fucking throats. Let's go. Fuck you guys. But yeah, that's some bullshit where she's like, we're going to go to a nice place. And then they just keep going down until like, now we're in the scary dungeon. <laughs> what was supposed to happen there, actually? Was she going to be killed by... Like, what was that? Torture. She was going to be interrogated. Torture by time? The... Yeah. Yeah, I assume they're going to use Vindelire yeah. to, like, get the truth out of her. And Vindelire would probably have fucked up and killed her. Or, yeah. 
wasn't a good place for her to be. But at least she has now taken out a boss and a mini boss. So that's cool. Yeah, great chapter. Less people, less Sorry. people for Fitz to kill when he gets there. So this he's is gonna the, get there. Uh... And it's gonna be like there's no one left for me to kill because my little my little baby daughter has done it for <laughs> Don't me. Don't worry, Dad. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> got a head start. Joey, what's it? What what's it called when you play um, Elden Ring and you co-op all the bosses, and then like somebody just Mo stands there and lets you do all the work? What's that? What do you mean? What is that? That's that's somebody being kind of a dick. What do you mean? <laughs> well, that's what's happening. No, okay. Cause... What you're no. Here's what happens in the game. There's a famous there's a famous player who has been many published articles about them, and his name is Let Me Solo Her, and he is elegantly wearing nothing at all other than a jar on his head, and he's wielding two katanas. And he will come into your game and he will totally just like completely kill and own the boss. The hardest boss in the game named Melania. Melania Trump, maybe. <laughs> and he will totally just destroy her. Destroyer style. And that's you know. what B's doing. She's she's doing she's let her. me solo her in this now instance. My, now my question is, does the special dispensation that Fitz got to kill people before the dragons show up? extend to her i don't think they would be able to tell the difference like what's the dragons the dragon's gonna be like eh wait hold on i've been cheated you cut her throat differently <laughs> then i would have cut her throat b gives me lefty energy i wonder if she's a lefty uh, so more about this t-shirt. So it's just B in the metal font or B Farseer in the metal font? B Destroyer. The B Destroyer. Or just Destroyer with a B. It's a little... Destroyer. <laughs> no, with an actual B. With a B holding a knife. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like a crab. <laughs> All over its tiny little legs. And up. fire and lots of fire. The, the font fire. is the words are in flames. Yes. Love oh it. hell okay. yeah! Perfect. Um, I like the quote about how she will basically got the she got part of Vindelier's, uh power up. Um. So I guess that's what would happen to Fitz if Fitz took some of that silver. Except Fitz would be way more dramatic about it. Also, she was seeing the fucking future. Like, I don't know, Paul Atreides? That. Yeah, well, guess who Guess who Paul Atreides also is? He's also the Destroyer. The Queen's, so the Queen's Act Tatarat. It makes sense. It really makes sense for me. This is, obviously, my love of this book is completely on brand. Are you guys happy that she's taken out bad guys, or are you sad because she's a little kid? I'm thrilled no. for her. I, who wouldn't be happy? Good for her. Kick her, ass and get the fuck out of there. It's fine. You gotta grow up sometimes. Her being a kid is an issue. Yeah, like, fuck childhood. Let's get out of there. This shit's gone. Are you yet annoyed by Prill Cop? 
I'm just checking the water. No, I'm just <laughs> leaving him until alone you re- until you recognize that I'm correct. Okay, fine. Wait, checking back I with mean, you later. You're, but you know what? You're hashtag spoilers because if something happens in the future that's going to make me dislike him, then you are being spoilery. She already disliked him because he took the fool back to Clary's. Yeah, that was right. Bad. But she also just said, "If you don't yet, then I'll wait." I'm just confident. I'm confident. Prill that... Pop knew all this shit was gonna happen. He's like the oldest ever prophet and the most fulfilled. But prophet sometimes ever. you just he have to like... let shit happen. You can't go trying to finesse everything all the time. He's also one person. Sometimes you just gotta be God Emperor, and like a few bazillion people are gonna die just so that there's a better future. Well, he was. He seems to have not wanted her to do the thing that he does not want her to be the destroyer. He has. Sure? He said, "Are you sure you want to go do? Are you sure you're gonna do this? Oh, you did it. Oh, I'm sad. Oh, you shouldn't do this." Well, because he tried like, to take. He tried to separate them, uh, yeah. Fitz and the Fool, so that this didn't happen. So that this didn't happen. So that she wasn't made. You right. Gotta keep them that, separated. That's... But too that's late, they'd already intertwined. Hey, yeah, when he says, <laughs> when he says, "Oh, I didn't want you guys to be able to like do your your duo act of prophet and catalyst," what he meant was, "I didn't want you to make a baby," and <laughs> they did that already. So, Oops. f you, Prill Cop. She's right here, and she's gonna she's gonna set people on fire, and he can't stop her. And he can be sad about his ca- her setting his captors on fire, I guess. In Is he really sad, though? Because if it I don't know. He's very thought... morose. He's very low. His energy is just not the energy that I would expect, honestly. I'd be like, all right, this is awesome. Let's do a jailbreak. Secret catalyst. I think he's like... still holding on to the old Clarys and thinks he can fix it. Maybe. 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 But he's just like, okay, well, I'm going to sit in my cell and you're going to sit in your cell and we're just going to be in our cells now. He's such a prill cop. Like, he's a cop. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Like all cops, he belongs behind bars, but... (laughs) Very prill. It's about the right. Do you want me to finish up? You get hit chapter twenty-eight. Let's go. No, because I have to. De- I have to give you the definition of a prill. It is a pellet or solid globule of a substance formed by congealing of a liquid during an industrial process. Thank you. Oh, Delicious. like a like Detroit. Like what's it? What's the Detroit stone that's made out of paint? It's like a what fake precious gem you can get. I think that honestly, I think Vaseline is a prill. Yes, but so is the stuff. It's so there's like a byproduct of painting cars. Where yeah, it's they called make... Detroitite or something. Detroitite, Floridite, yeah. Floridite, 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 Floridite. Maybe that's right. It's like too many. Floridite. It's like paint. Why do you know this? Chips on. Yeah, it's Floridite. Yeah, I mean we're from Detroit, but other than that, why do you oh, know? Floridite. Okay. Yeah, it's called Floridite, and it's basically a. a it's uh, it's a automotive enamel material that's layered and layered and you can polish it like a like a stone oh yeah and make jewelry out of it it's ugly but i mean you could it's a product of the anthracene god that's depressing (laughs) (laughs) all right i'm gonna start chapter 28 so we can we can talk about this whole thing so this one's called unsafe harbor Uh, The epigraph of this chapter is the recording of a dream in which Molly gives instructions on how to weed properly by destroying it at the roots. She says it is worse than useless to do things halfway be. And that is a quote by Molly Chandler, a whole asser. 
So Fitz awakes in the night anchored in the harbor. He decides to brood coolly at the bow of the ship, but Althea and Brashen are already doing cool broody things, so he has to go stand by the figurehead like it was his first idea. And he's staring at Clarice in the pre-dawn light when he gets a FaceTime call. Hello, grandfather, says Dutiful. That's right, Nettle has had her baby, and Eliania has named her Hope, just like the postman's daughter in The Postman, a movie about surviving a post-apocalyptic future via bird mail and the resistance of fascism. I see you, Robin Hobb. But wait, there's more. Babies, that is. Eliania is also pregnant. They're going to name it Promise. Hope and Promise. Barf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of What is whatever. this, Zena? <laughs> this is a sentiment echoed by Thick when he joins the chat. Babies, babies everywhere, and we must make up so early to talk about them. And Fitz asks Thick to be the grandfather that he cannot, just to tie up that sentimental uh, bow. Fitz also lets them know that today's the day, and our soft-hearted dutiful decides that he's been through enough PTSD to update his personality. Be ruthless, kill them all, and bring their city down around their ears. Make them wish they had never heard the word farseer, which is all very grand and Shakespearean, but I kind of don't think any of them ever have heard the word farseer. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they have now, but... <laughs> But don't worry, other people on the internet have, and such careless use of a popular hashtag has called in the reply guys. This one is large and comes from the deep in the Skill River. Who is it? What is this repugnant thing that has interrupted their conversation? Oh, it's Vindelire. He gropes around Fitz to bother Paragon, and I'm imagining Tim Curry's oil monster, Hexus from Ferngully, just <laughs> kind of like oiling around. Fitz hangs around on the line while Vindelire is discovered by Coltree and his fear of torture becomes a panic attack. Vindelire is able to skill compel Coltree to love him to avoid any more torture. You will tell Capra and Felidry that all I told them is true. B has a magic and B did this and B killed Synth and Dwalia. And to Fitz's horror, Vindelire also tells Coltree that Fitz is here in the harbor with dragons and they are going to kill everyone. They've been made before they even beach. Even Hob can't be this cruel to us. Fitz does Gosh. some skilling to drop Vindelire's skill connection, but he ends up curled up on the deck while Brashen stupidly tells him to just shake it off like it's a bad dream and face the day, which I found really awkward. I have a mission, and uh, about that, says Brashen, Amber is missing. Of course, she drugged them all and used her friendship with the live ship youngsters to get herself to shore ahead of everyone else. There's nothing for it but to continue their mission and hope that they come across her. Fitz and Spark commiserate over their inability to spy what Amber had been planning while they pack up their poisons. Kara's seed for Fitz, Sindin for Spark, and not for sex stuff. They suit up quickly. Fitz has an axe and the fire brick and some of Shade's bombs all tucked under a big blue cloak, which totally looks normal. And they have a nice memory together of Shade building the perfect little bomb like a crazy guy. And then Fitz carefully confides that his skilling information to Spark that there are more Farseer heirs now and that he touched minds with Vindelire. They know we are coming. Spark takes in this news soberly while she packs up her lockpicking tools and their last magical item, the tubes of silver. But no, one is missing. Amber has taken a tube of silver with her. Dun, dun, dun. Damn, I, I love this. This is like the best way a plot can turn sour. I I just like that Fitz has been trying to leave everybody behind the yeah. whole time and like mm -hmm. Amber, Amber does it. She's just like, seconds. I'm gonna fucking do it. 
irony. Cause, because cause Amber didn't social. spend the whole time going, yeah, she didn't spend the whole time going, everyone should just let me do this by myself. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to make it happen, and I'm going to be social and make friends, and they'll do stuff for me. Hey, Fitz, what's in your packet? Well, this poison does this, and this poison will put you to sleep, and this poison... Oh, really? What pocket is that in? Yeah. That pocket. It's also very nice, like, reading this... I only read it like a month ago and then reading it again is that like Fitz is like going through his poisons and it's like, oh, a soporific? I don't need that shit. And he just like tosses yep. it aside and you like you can just watch every bit of the get set up. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. It He doesn't throw it over. He just like sets it aside because he doesn't need to carry it. Where does it go? Ugh. <sighs> He just assumes that everything he sets down stays where he set it, right? <laughs> Who's blind now, Fitz? I also think it's kind of hilarious that it did not occur to him that the fool would do this. Because this is exactly what the fool would do. Right? Exactly. Feels like Amber to me. I would yeah. handcuff myself to her. I'd be like, I'm, I have to. Because you're, you're going to, you're going to run off and do something erratic <laughs> because he's been saying this whole time they can tell what we're going to do before we do it unless we are completely erratic right they got nothing their only plan is to just do the stupid plan that was given to them it's perfect the very detailed plan that she distracted them with that that spark spent like a day making like twelve shirts by hand out of. I'm calling bullshit. You know, you might be She's able the to fastest sewer. Ever. You might be able to skin a moose and like you know feed ducklings and grow a bunch of potatoes on your farm, Robin Hobb. But I don't think you know anything about sewing. If you think that spark can like just make up four <laughs> red bear cosplays hand in like sewing. two days. Via hand sewing on a boat. I don't know. I'm calling some bullshit. <laughs> like, how, does she have that many supplies? Like, honestly. I don't, they're all she stapled together. It's she didn't run actually, out of so. thread? I know. I don't know. She, she used glue. There's like a she sweater that she's been glue. carefully unraveling and using this thread. <laughs> you can't sew, just glue it together. If you can't, yeah, just hot glue. It's all hot glued can't stand directly in this in the uh in the sun in these outfits. And it's like turning turning lady time's old clothes into a fancy lad outfit <laughs> yes yeah like pear has to like wear i guess he's like wearing his regular clothes but they're just like not as bad and then fitz is like i wouldn't wear green and blue together that's insane people will look at me <laughs> oh my god <laughs> He has so many opinions about it when he's so bad at it. <laughs> uh, that's really it. We know that we know that the setup now is that B has be begun her destroyer attack, but she's back in jail. The fools, who knows where, and now Fitz has to run along behind and hope. That he's not double rescuing. <laughs> it's a really, it's a 50-50 chance, I think, that the fool's helpful. 
with or or causes a problem. True. Move us on to every episode prompts. We are pack character introductions and exits. Not really anyone new this time, but we did say bye to Dwellia, who was ordered to die and then just did, which is a handy little trick. <laughs> Wonder how long B is going to be able to do that because if I were her, I'd just be going through the castle right now. <laughs> She's on star mode. Just go for it. Excuse me. We introduced the very important character, Nopit. <laughs> the scribe. Yes. Pivotal. <laughs> uh, and then uh, she killed Simp, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Simp, yeah. So Simp is now dead also. Simp be dead. And very importantly, no now B has two keys, right? Two keys. All the keys. All the keys? I thought she has, I thought they had all the keys. Yeah. Oh, Sim, all the Sim keys. had to okay, open the sorry. door. You're right. So Sim must have had all the keys. Yeah. Which two of them sacrificed their keys, even though I think they told the guard to bring them back. Right. But like, who's to say the guard actually brought them back? So then she had just get the diddlers, and I'm sure he gave it up easy. No. Oh. She bopped on down to yeah. Lowe's and copied the keys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As you do. Uh, animal assists. Uh, Wolffather is here. He's not really doing much, but I think he's probably pretty proud of B right now. Probably. He's like, yeah, just like that. Slice <laughs> her throat. Fashions from Jamalia in Clara's. I think that Fitz and company are about to look pretty scruffy. <laughs> Knowing what, what we know. <laughs> Of the Zara fashions of Clara's. <laughs> Walking in there in some Old Navy. You know, it's just not going to look the same. Ew. Oh. Ew. Ew. What is that? You it's look not poor. Even label. You look poor. What's look wrong poor. with you? You look poor. <laughs> Why are you wearing that? You look poor. Inventing fits. <laughs> um roll the maps where are we and how did we get here uh we are well we are officially two-thirds of the way through this final book wow. we have reached we have reached the 66 67 percent so things will hopefully begin to move <laughs> begin to now. move we've been moving we're moving, but I mean, we have a lot. There's a lot. This has do. been the most yeah. motion in one book ever by a long Look, shot. We have we have a whole we have a whole society to crumble. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, but dragons whole, they just the come in and they do kill. it. It's like, oh, we need to destroy a whole society. A daughter How can to we rescue. get it done? Blah. And the dragons just acid spit and melt everybody. It's not a society. It's a dungeon. It is. It really is a dungeon. It's got one way in and one way out and a bunch of bosses and a bunch of rooms and, and a stupid tide and a, bridge thing. A little a literal dungeon. Most of the rooms lock from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> There's keys. Yep. We had a layout. There's going to be, you know, all kinds of shit going down. Uh, Fitz Misery has a moment. The return of Does Fitz Suck? 
Fitz really fucked. He he didn't. <laughs> he just he just let he just let Amber do whatever she wanted. He just really fucked. <laughs> he let Amber do whatever whatever she was gonna do. He didn't even think about it. Gave her all the tools she needed to like get herself in trouble. He's telling Spark a whole bunch of nonsense because she's the only one around. Like we got seen by Fog Boy. Fogboy. I think gave but, yeah. away their position. He went up against Fogboy and nearly got himself skill compelled to love him. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre. Barely escaped not having to fall in love with with uh Vindelier, so that That's was a little bit definitely scary. Suck, suck I feel I world. feel like the only successful thing he did was ask Thick to be you know, the grandfather that these kids deserve. <laughs> so I mean, I think that was important. Be a grandfather. Thick will make an excellent grandfather. Yeah, we'll give them treats. Yeah. And and songs the, about kittens. The best sweets from Grandfather Thick. Grandpa? I mean, in Fitz de- Fitz's defense, it's, I mean, a lot better than most people do against Vindelier with Serpent Spit. Well, I think he, I think he had help, right? He had Paragon. I feel like if Fitz had not been on Paragon, he would not have survived. <laughs> Did he get help from Maybe. Paragon, or was Paragon just like, well, I feel like Paragon got he... touched by him, and he was Fitz like, Ew, don't touch me. Sick. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it like, split his attention, maybe. maybe, or, yeah, who knows. If you're a dragon, can you just go in there and mindfuck people like B did? Yeah. Like, you're, that's, like, Tintaglia, I mean, you're just like, Verity this entire does. population is brain dead now. Goodbye. That's what Verity does. All the, the, all right. the stone dragons go in and just say, hey, you're, you're zombies now. Have fun. Whoops. Uh, Dragging this shit up. And finally, buzzwords. How's B doing? The prophecy scorecard. I think the destroyer has arrived. Yeah, she's juiced up and ready to go. One throat at a time. have been fulfilled. Choose the form of the destructor. My thing is, I choose how, a little girl. How long do we think this charge is gonna last? You know, she got a little. She got. This is what I'm saying. She's got the star, right? She's on. She's yeah, she's got the but star. like, it's, it's not it. gonna she last to go to forever. Bed. Yeah. So then she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go back to my cage, so that they don't know that I killed this person." But it's like, obvi, they're gonna know that it was you. So it's like you're killing people with your brain. Get out. Yeah, go. Like why wouldn't go go go? Hey. Fitz rolls up and she's just like outside walking down the street. Like I did. Yeah, but like every time she takes a step, she ca- she puts like a big crater in the <laughs> earth. <laughs> yep, just like that. She's gonna take that castle. Mm-hmm. Castle cleared. Flag up. It would be nice if she was just, like, reclining in Capra's tower. And he gets there and she's like, I'm the four now. I control Uh-oh. Clara's now. Now I'm the boss. <laughs> the dragons are bad. And then she's going to have to go up against the dragons? Oh, no. You think you just wrote the next book? Uh, I was... Robin Hobb posted something sometime in the last month, we'll say, and it was about writing, and somebody was like, you writing the book about B? So people people are jonesing for it. B book. B book. 
Everyone wants to go back to Roteland. I don't know if she will go back. I mean, I think she's teased that she may, but I don't know if there's anything official announced. I know she said she was writing something under Lin Megan Lindholm. Yeah. Well, we shall see. We don't care about her. We shall see. Okay, well, reminder, our next reading section will be Asphate chapters 29 through 32. It's gonna be a doozy. But it also will be after we take a break for Alyssa to move. Right? Yes. Thank you. Yes. Is that oh what's, is yes, that what's coming up? Yeah. I'm going to be <laughs> crisp. Get you when are you on. moving? This Next weekend. Week? Yeah. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was. Okay. <laughs> Eli so we will coming. post yeah, that. We'll, we'll have to post that on. Oh, we can't. See, this will go up on the 16th and then we won't record on the 16th which means we won't have anything for the 23rd which means it will go up on the 30th perfect yes yes i love it okay yay gorgeous okay it's going to be a doozy everyone prepare yourselves meditate oh, take shit. it slow oh, shit. Oh, shit. pay attention take it slow all right and also i implore you it will be very difficult but when you get to chapter 32 please do not read ahead <laughs> If you've never read it before. I haven't read it all this book. I know. It's I haven't read it all. Ashley hasn't even been reading. <laughs> Her I, summaries I, are so I'm impressive. Really, I'm wearing a Me sweatshirt neither. in my office right now, and I'm so hot. All right, all right. Well, this has been Bucky Bradio. You can email us at buckybradio at gmail.com and let us know if we can read your email. Um talk to me about the destroyer talk to me about what you feel about fits in the fool it's time we are going to start those conversations it's all happening um, do guys. we have a destroyer it's all happening you did it That's you did just the quote songs about being so I I direct you to my playlist for Bee's Burn book. I can I didn't add know if that destroyer. was like in the same realm or if it was like we had a dedicated. I mean destroyer. I have it's it's pretty poppy, but I can do a metal list. If yeah. you I mean I'm not necessarily looking for like metal because I'm not gonna listen to that, but um, just <laughs> it's you know punk rock as well. Okay, it's all right, I'll have to check it out. We'll work, don't like anything gonna, high energy. We're gonna choose the we'll we'll do the destroyer, and I'll have like a little I'll put like a little flower as the, a little white flower with knives for roots. Yeah. Or Mario, it can be metal or it can be Mario. This is also the t-shirt. All right, yeah. we gotta sign out. All right, um, this has been Bucky Radio. Oh, I said that already. Uh, find me on the internet, Darth Rachel. <laughs> I'm Alyssa, and I'm online at alyssameaner.com. I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faces Frey on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. I'm Ashley, and I'm on Instagram at Ladybird Parker. And I'm Joey, and I am the Uncanny Robot on Instagram. Isn't he, though? Isn't he? Okay, good night, everybody. Bye. Happy reading.